0: Welcome back to The Wise Man's Page, the daily podcast where we read Patrick Rothfuss's The Wise Man's Fear page by page. This is page 316. Elodin looked out at us. In this ancient university, there was no skill more sought after than naming. All else was base metal. Namers walked these streets like tiny gods. They did terrible, wonderful things, and all others envied them. Only through skill in naming did students move through the ranks. An alchemist without any skill in naming was regarded as a sad thing, no more respected than a cook. Sympathy was invented here, but a sympathist without any naming might as well be a carriage driver. An artificer with no names behind his work was little more than a cobbler or a smith. They all came to learn the names of things, Elodin said, his dark eyes intense, his voice resonant and stirring but naming elements cannot be taught by rule or rote. Teaching someone to be a namer is like teaching someone to fall in love. It is hopeless. It cannot be done. Master Namer smiled a bit then, for the first time looking like his familiar self. Still, students tried to learn, and teachers tried to teach, and sometimes they succeeded. Elodin pointed. Fella! He motioned for her to approach. Come. Fela stood, looking nervous as she climbed up to join him on the lecturer's dais. You have all chosen the name you hope to learn, Elodin said, his eyes sweeping over us, and you have all pursued your studies with varying degrees of dedication and success. I fought the urge to look away shamefacedly, knowing that my efforts had been half-hearted at best. Where you have failed, Fella has succeeded, Elodin said. She has found the name of Stone. He turned sideways to look at her. How many times? Eight times, she said, looking down, her hands twisting nervously in front of her. There was a murmur of genuine awe from all of us. She had never mentioned this in our frequent griping sessions. Elodin nodded, as if approving of our reaction. When naming was still taught, we namers wore our prowess proudly. A student who gained mastery over a name would wear a ring as declaration of their skill. Elodin stretched out a hand in front of Fela and opened it, revealing a river stone, smooth and dark. And this is what Fela will do now, as proof of her ability. Startled, Fela looked at Elodin, her eyes flickered back and forth between him and the stone, her face growing stricken and pale. Elodin gave her a reassuring smile. Come now, he said gently. You know in your secret heart you are capable of this, and more. Fella bit her lips and took hold of the stone. It seemed bigger in her hands. At the end of the page. I'm Jeremy. I'm Jordana. I'm Nick.
1: This is so exciting. I'm so excited.
0: <laughs> what is so exciting, Jordana?
1: It's exciting that like this is a really big moment for Fella. It's also I feel like as a reader you feel like that you're part of this moment. Like it feels like this is about to be a big moment for you and like you really get the the anticipation of, of when she's up there and he gives her the stone and he has faith in her, but she's not sure. And like, it's just such a familiar feeling and it's great and I love it and I want to see her make magic happen.
0: <laughs> Agreed. This is also a, a situation in which Rothfuss is revealing that the world is bigger than just Kvothe and his problems, right? Like Kvothe has no idea that Fela has like, and mastering the name of stone in the background of everything else that's happening. And no, neither does anyone else in the class, right? Cause they're all just quetching about how Elodin doesn't teach them anything and how it's really hard. This is kind of, uh, in some ways it's similar to that moment in empire strikes back where uh, Lucas like, you know, it can't be done. It's impossible. And Yoda's like, that's why you fail here. I'll prove it to you.
1: <laughs>
0: so I, I think it is also kind of a repudiation of Quoth's attitude because he has basically been blowing off Elodin's class and half-assing it because he doesn't like the way Elodin teaches and he feels like it's not getting him anywhere. But if he actually had been really trying the way Fella has, if he had let his mind be opened to the way that Elodin teaches, he actually probably would have got somewhere and he would have been able to learn the name of the wind. But because he doesn't have faith in Elodin's teaching methods he just doesn't try, and now he's owned. I'm sorry, he's just been owned by Fella.
1: Fella's, uh, I guess, her quietness about how much she's achieved, I think, is telling of her personality, and also probably a little bit of like her place in the university, as far as like the patriarchal nature of the of the university is. Like, I imagine that she's probably less willing to advertise that she has has done this great thing because it hasn't like quite been recognized the same way academically as the other things like it's about to be but it hasn't been yet and i think that's why she was quiet about it like maybe she'll be less quiet about it now but i can definitely see someone with like a less certainly a less boisterous personality than Quoth, uh just sort of like keeping this on the down low
0: yeah, see I have a I have a different read on it in that I I feel like if you're in a class with a bunch of people who don't like the teacher, uh they're like your class develops an attitude about like how do we all feel about this class? How are we all applying ourselves?
1: Oh, and when nobody if, wants to be teacher's pet.
0: Yeah. Well, and especially like if you actually do like the teacher, and are getting something from the way they're teaching, but everyone else isn't, you might not want to publicize that because it you'll, you'll make the group dynamic weird and awkward, right? Like if you actually do like the weird teacher that everyone seems to hate, that's going to make you come off weird in front of your peers. So maybe that's why she's been keeping quiet because she doesn't want to like make the group dynamic awkward.
2: And it might come off as boastful to be like, Hey guys, I've been naming, I've been naming eight times. How many times have you named I named eight times? I, I don't think that's in fella's bag. I could see another yeah. person behaving like that, but not Fella. Mm. Do you think that this story about the namers wearing rings repudiates Elksadal's story about how it would be rude to ask someone what names that they know? Or is it nowadays it's rude to ask what names, but in the past they would have have displayed it? Yeah, I think it's just
0: a, a change in attitudes. And I think that it might come from the fact that the university changed the way it did business to avoid people thinking that they were all witches, right? Like, they, I think they started to downplay naming because that's one of the things that made people so afraid of them. Whereas back in the day, people were like, no, I am a powerful namer and I'm going to advertise it to everybody. Like, look how powerful I am. I know five different names. Because they still do wear like rings right like they they still do that but they don't advertise well, what it means it's
2: not clear if they actually do it or if elodin is the one who is trying to bring it back i think that hold on don't don't we keeping... see don't we see kilvin and elshadal like
0: wearing the rings showing off that they have the rings they just don't advertise no. what they mean
2: i don't think so mm. I think you completely conjured that but we'll we'll see and perhaps the fellows in the uh in the chat can can give us some confirmation but i think that no one wears the rings anymore we have the rhyme about both wearing rings but i think that this is Elidin only having respect in the old ways in the old traditions, having no respect for the university's current traditions. And I don't know if he's like trying to bring it back or if he's just trying to um, communicate the import of the moment using old style, using the old style traditions. But uh, I don't think anyone else wears rings. Mm.
1: I think also the difference between Alex Adal's version of like, don't say names and Elodin's, kind of version of the same story is not necessarily a thing based in time as much as it is a thing based in culture that they may just come from different cultures within the arcanist society does that make sense I, I get what
2: you're saying I just don't agree with you okay yeah I think the arcanist society is too small to have like subculture different, yeah I mean I'm sure there are subcultures in that there's like cliques and stuff but I think that like I suspect that every living arcanist knows a, or knows of uh, We
1: like to say that we we can name names click and there and there can't be a we don't like to say that we can name names click.
2: I, I mean I'm sure there are. I'm sure that those, those those exist like maybe that's why maybe that's why some people hate Eldin. Like maybe Ham doesn't know any names and maybe Ham is like a prick because he's
0: I don't think you get to be a professor at the university without knowing at least one name. But I think there's like not more than a hundred neighbors in the
2: entire world, so I don't think they can have that yeah. many. Like, well, let's tug on that a bit, Jeremy. Is there any proof that him knows any names, for example? I think that I'm pretty sure that when Elk Shadal, like at some point, one of the teachers says, Everyone who teaches here knows at least one name. Pretty sure Kilvin says that. Okay, that's that's reasonable, but. Could it perhaps be a sign of the university's fall that we get to a point where there are masters who don't know naming, who don't know names at all? I mean, I want to
0: modify that a little bit.
2: And I think that probably
0: 500 years ago, every master at the university probably knew several names, like five or six names. And I think it is a sign of the university's fall that now they might only know one or two. And maybe but I could maybe Hem has an inferiority complex because maybe he only knows like one.
2: Yeah, I could definitely see that being part of Hem's deal where he hates people like eladin who are, you know, real magicians. Yeah, who are better. But also, than also he's the he's the rhetorician, right? And we know he can do sympathy or at least he was teaching sympathy. Have we ever actually seen him do sympathy? I think it's reasonable to assume that he can, but. Yeah, but what if what if that's another part of why he hates Quoth because it comes difficult to him, and Quoth is this natural is this natural upstart who doesn't need to work or or you know put in the hours of study that Hem has. Hem I is mean, the logician, right? Hem's whole thing goes against that magic should exist. Basically, I know that that's not necessarily where rhetoric is situated in this story, but like. You could make an argument that Hem is diametrically opposed, like Hem's position as the master rhetorician is diametrically opposed to being able to do magic at all.
0: I mean, I would have to say that in a universe and a university where they know for sure that sympathy and alchemy and all that stuff exists, and they even, you know, at a certain level, they all know that naming exists, that rhetoric and logic would have to account for that because it would be illogical to exclude it. Right. So when you're discussing the subject of rhetoric and logic, you have to account and like logically simply, you know, according to one set of logical principles, sympathy shouldn't work, but it does. So here's how we logically rationalize that. I Unless
2: logic is taking the place that the sort of church often takes in these fallen fantasy stories where the church is trying to stamp out magic and it's logic that is trying to stamp out magic.
0: I don't think there's any evidence at all for that. What I think is the much more obvious and likely explanation for Hem's dislike of Quoth is that he's racist and he's a classist.
2: Yes, as SNC points out in the chat, he hates Quoth because he's an asshole who sucks, and I think we can all agree on that. <laughs> yeah,
0: that's correct. I've been saying this all along. They're saying it more and more. You don't have to
2: like rationalize it. He's just a shithead.
1: The the logic is that he is a shithead. <laughs>
2: We have a letter. We have a letter here from Patrick, not Ruffus, who has also joined us on the chat. By the way, we stream our recording sessions every Sunday. So if you want to come and chill with us, throw up some comments and questions on the chat, you can do that at our Twitch at twitch.tv slash page of the wind. Patrick writes on page 288. Hello, pagers. On this page, you get a letter which prompts Nick to talk about the Chandrian and how they may be more mundane than they seem. You say that when we encounter Cinder later, he is just doing mundane banditry. I have to firmly disagree on both points, but specifically the banditry they were doing was far from mundane. When Quoth and the gang set out to find the bandits, they were expecting a loose group of men who were attacking wealthy travelers and tax collectors. Instead, they found a minor military encampment with two dozen well-trained men and some light fortifications. When Cinder was shot through the thigh, he calmly pulled out the arrow and then directed his archers to shoot in the direction it came from. Shortly before Quoth called lightning down on the tree, Cinder ran into his tent and disappeared. My guess is that Haliax was in the tent and whispered them away. The bandit operation may seem mundane at first glance, but given how much planning seemed to go into it, I think it must be part of a greater unknown plan. Making the bandits seem mundane to outsiders was all part of it. Thanks. Signed, Patrick, not Rothbus.
0: Patrick, thank you for writing. Could not agree with you more. The Chandrian are super duper natural. Uh, the bandits are all trollmen from a parallel reality. Uh, in your face, co-host.
1: I am going to reserve judgment until we reach that part of the book. Typical. Surprise. Jordana is going to to reserve
2: judgment. (laughs) (laughs) Jordana, just wildly speculate like the rest of us.
1: I can't wildly speculate from up here.
2: Hmm. (laughs) Pretty sus, Jordana. Pretty sus. Have we ever played a game of Among Us? We should definitely throw together a game of Among Us
1: maybe like share the room phone. code
2: with some patrons and do like a patron uh among us game and we can stream it i want to be clear that i was saying pretty sus before i'd ever played among us yeah but among us amplified sus hmm that's pretty sus if you ask me uh <laughs> and we'll be pretty sus tomorrow on another page uh Can we start up a music festival and call it Sus by Sus West?
1: (laughs) Oh, Uh, oh God. The The wind! wind!